0: Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this very special edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. Today, folks, it is March 26, 2015, and I am very excited to bring on my guest, my guest is Torben Sondergaard. Perhaps you've heard of him through The Last Reformation. And if you haven't, well, folks, you are in for an incredible treat. I want to talk to you a little bit about my guest. He is the founder of The Last Reformation and wrote a book called The Last Reformation. But he also has a pioneer school that is really equipping people. It is free to participate. It is incredible. Torben Sondergaard. Welcome to the program, Torben. Yeah, thank you. Torben, again, it's such an honor. First, let me tell you, I am a tremendous fan of this work that you are doing with the Last Reformation. Explain to the listeners exactly what this is and how you came to be an ambassador for leading the world back to the New Testament model of discipleship.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean uh, I... I think we are standing in front of a new reformation of church. The, the way we do church, the way we do disciples, and we need a reformation that is so much deeper and, and that we have ever seen before. And for for my own journey, it was uh, frustration. I was just uh, frustrated about life, frustrated about what I saw in my own life, what I saw in church. And and there was a time in that where God, some years ago, spoke to me that he wanted to take us through a desert. So we are going to learn to be dependent on God and not on people. And yeah, he took us through a desert. (laughs) We we had a time some years ago where we very short, we lost everything. My wife got sick, we lost our house, we lost our money, we lost our friend, we lost our network. But out there in the desert, we had good time to look at everything from outside and, and start to ask questions about why do we do what we're doing. And at that time, I've been working with church planting in two different towns, and but I didn't see the result. I, I didn't see, let's say, I, I left a church some years ago because I wanted to see something different, but I ended up with the same thing I've just left. And I saw that the problem was inside of me, the way I see things, the glasses I used to read the Bible with. And then God started to renew our mind, and and now we're doing things totally different.
0: The book of Acts really is a field manual for the Christian life, isn't it?
1: Yeah. If you take the book of Acts and just look in that, everybody who heard the gospel got baptized right away. Baptism was part of the gospel. And when Philip preached the gospel to the eunuch, you don't read what Philip preached, but you read the response the eunuch gave in the book of Acts chapter 8. And the response was, there's water, can I get baptized? So he got baptized not the next Sunday, not in a church, not as a big event, but he got baptized right there, right now in the clothes he was standing in. The same response Philip got on Pentecost and the same response you see through the whole book of Acts. So the way they did it, the results that God was so totally different. But if I today say that everybody you see in the New Testament who repenting, got, they got baptized right away. Everybody would say, no, what about the robber on the cross? And I'm like, come on, how do you read the Bible? The robber on the cross do not belong to the new covenant. He belonged to the old covenant. Jesus was hanging beside him on the cross. Jesus had not yet died. He had not yet rose up and be glorified, and the Holy Spirit had not yet come on earth. So the robber on the cross could not get baptized to Jesus Christ. The robber on the cross could not receive the Holy Spirit the same way as we could after the cross. So if we want to, to go in the Bible and see how to effectively preach the gospel, how to lead people to Christ, how the normal Christian disciple life should be, we should go to the book of Acts. It's the only book we have after the cross where we see in details how they were living. And I think there have been a lot of misunderstanding about this. I think it's time to just take the glasses off and read in the book of Acts and say, okay, if Jesus is the same today, if the Holy Spirit is the same today, what we read in the book of Acts should also be the same today. In Luke 10, chapter 9, Jesus sent his disciples out with a command heal the sick and then preach the gospel. (laughs) And and it was how Jesus did it, and it's how we did it, because we, we do not come by words only, but by power. And if we come by words, there's no difference between us, Jehovah's Witness, the Mormons, and every other people who want to sell something. But if we come with the gospel, where the kingdom of God is near, and then preach repentance, people will see a difference. One hour ago, we baptized a young guy. I was not there, but it was some of the new people who baptized him. It was a young guy that met on McDonald Tuesday evening, uh, three days ago, and they met him on McDonald's. And he was seeking God, and he had just started to become a Hare Krishna. So he had just started as a Hare Krishna, because he was seeking God. And some of the people I knew here, they met him at McDonald's. They talk with him. They share the gospel. They share testimony and he saw things he had not seen at Har Krishna. He saw something different, not a religion, but a relationship. And there at McDonald's, he repented and he got baptized with the Holy Spirit. He spoke in tongues at McDonald's, a young guy, 70 years old without a Christian background. And he just came today and they baptized him in water. And, and it was so strong because he, when he came out of the water, also for us, water is not just a symbol, it's powerful. Then they prayed for him, over him. And suddenly he smiled in his face and he said, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. And he t- told us afterwards, a 7 years old boy with our Christian background, that he saw a light came over him when he was sitting in the water. He saw Jesus and Jesus said to him, this is your new life. And I love it. Come on. I, I love, <laughs> I love the power in this. Like that everyday, everyday life. And those people who did that, they had never done anything like that before. There's people who came here p- three weeks ago and we started to train them w- three weeks ago. And they had not been praying for sick, healing the gospel, uh, healing the sick and preach the gospel and cast out demons, baptizing people. But just after a few weeks, they go out, find a young guy on McDonald's. Preach the gospel with power. He repent. They baptize him with the Holy Spirit. They take him home, baptize him water, and he see Jesus. It's somehow so new for many other, for many people in church that everybody is actually allowed to do this. But at the same time, it is so simple. And I would say it in some way that Jesus have not commanded us to preach the gospel only. He have also not commanded us to heal the sick only. We have allowed people to preach the gospel without the power and say we are obeying God, but I don't see that. I say he says, heal the sick and then preach the gospel. And No, I'm not a healing guy where I'm totally crazy for healing and I study every book I can find of healing, but I love Jesus and I want to serve him. And I know he have commanded me to heal the sick, so why do we do it? Because he have commanded us it and we don't need to ask Christians
0: amen well i like what you just said i mean it's not about a religion it's about a relationship it's about you know and a lot of people torben are longing for something real in their walk with the lord and people are tired of the theologically shallow experience and there's a yearning to be plugged into the power source not some phony knockoff we're plugged in today Torben to everything but God and much of what we see in the church today is built on an eclectic mishmash of church culture and paganism and man-made doctrines of demons and it's really important that we do what Jesus said because after all if we are disciples how are you a disciple of someone? Well, you do what they do. But there's more to it than just watching 20 lessons in a pioneer school. It's about practically applying it, isn't it? Both. Yeah.
1: If we look at the West today, we are, I'm from Denmark and, and it's a Western country, and, and we have a lot of knowledge. It's us who are rich on the Bible schools. We have to program on the computer so we can search on words in the Bible. So, so our knowledge is in many ways re- really high when, it, when we compare to people from third world countries. But when we look at the life, when we look at the Holy Spirit, when we look at the power of God, where is that growing? Where do we see the church growing? Not in our countries normally, but in the other countries. And we think our problem sometimes is we need more knowledge, but we need the right knowledge. One thing we really need is obedience. We need to somehow make it simple. I was in England last week where I spoke to a big leader conference with 250 pastors and leaders from, from many different churches. And, and I, I spoke about the gospel and, and it, it was provoking people because normally they think that leaders know what the gospel is. But, right. but I could I say how many in this room preach a biblical gospel the same way in the Bible where we see also Peter and Pentecost where people repent immediately and they get baptized and they, they experience the Holy Spirit. And nobody was doing it. And it really provoked people. And then I spoke uh, the weekend in a in church of England and I spoke about discipleship and we were out on the streets to heal the sick and so on. And, and then I talked with the vicar, the priest of the church. And he said, Tom, I really love your teaching about baptism, but I cannot baptize people in Jesus' name. I need to say the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I cannot pray over people the way you do it. And I also had to take people through a confession where they read a confession on paper. So he said to me, Tom, what about I just do the confession and I read that, and then you take over, and baptize people afterward. I said, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it that way. So he did what he was supposed to do in that system, following the rules, and then I baptized people. And there he saw people he had never seen that in a big church before. People came out of the water and immediately, spoken tongues, got baptized with the Holy Spirit, got set free from demons, and there was so many manifestations. And one time there was a guy who got set free and filled with the Holy Spirit, and he had a family with him in the church who saw that happen. So a whole family of five persons repented when they saw that, a mom and a dad and three kids. They all repented when they saw that family member get saved and set free from demons. So they, in the middle of the meeting, stood up, and they also want to repent and get baptized. And at that time, the pastor took his confession paper, throw it away, took his glasses on, <laughs> religious glass, throw it away and said, come on, I'm ready to baptize you to Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and there he baptized you to Jesus Christ and people again got filled with the Holy Spirit, something he had never seen before. And I got an interview with him and he said, Tom, we need to reform the church. What I've seen these days we are never going to baptize people the same way before we are never going to make disciples the same way before unless we are going to change
0: <laughs> he threw away his paper that's liberating and that is powerful as you were talking i was thinking i was doing a water baptism on a skype call with a couple from taiwan in their bathroom tub of all things and you know was getting them to receive the baptism the holy ghost and doing some deliverance etc and a person The next day after finding out I was tied up on a water baptism call said, well, I want to get water baptized, but I need to be baptized in a church with a priest. And I said, well, no, you don't really. But anyway, they made some calls and it turned out there wasn't a water baptism until late fall. Well, this was early spring. And I said to her, why wait? Speaking of waiting around, one of the things you say in one of your teaching, Torben, and I thought it was so profound, is that, you know, you were sitting around in church and waiting for a prophet to speak to you, you know, thus saith the Lord, go out and heal the sicker, baptize people, lay hands on people. People are sort of sitting around in their church, waiting for something, waiting for something amazing, waiting for some supernatural act of God to Motivate them, but I've got a news flash for people that big supernatural thing you're waiting for. Jesus already did it, and he gave people everything they need, didn't he?
1: yeah, I think the most dangerous place to be today in many ways is in church on a church bent because people are slowly dying. I was in Canada a short time ago speaking in a big meeting. I came into the meeting, and there was a young guy beside me, and he was looking. With fire in his eyes, and I looked at him, and you can just see the love for Jesus Christ, and he was on fire. And I said, "How many months have you been Christian?" And he looked surprised at me, like I was a prophet, and like, "How did you know? Only four months." <laughs> and it was—it was not because I was a prophet I could see he have only been Christian for a month, but I could see it because he was on fire. He had a fire in his heart, a fire that other people in the church don't have. Why? Because as soon as you get saved, you experience this new life. You, you love Jesus. You you cannot stop telling people about Jesus. And, and you do it. And because you do it, you grow. And, and you get vision and dreams. And God is there. And, and, and everything is good. But then you come into a box, a church box, where suddenly you need permission to do it. You have to wait. You have to go through certain steps for you to be allowed to do it. And I remember when I was new in the faith, I was standing in church, and I, I wanted to go and pray for people, but there are already other people who did it, who have more experience than me, and, and I have to wait. The church don't create disciples, and, and this has to do with the whole system, the way we do it. The pastor is frustrated because people don't grow, and the people are frustrated because they are not allowed to get used. And nobody is growing. Nobody is moving in this. And what we see that's different now also is that people do not do what we tell them to do. They do what they see. Right. right. We have a girl who got saved and baptized four weeks ago now. I think when she had been Christian three days, she started 12 days fast. And she started to mm-hmm. fast 12 days. She got word of knowledge. She prayed for people. And why did she fast 12 days? Why did she go out on the street and heal the sick and preach the gospel? Not because she is a very bold person, because she, she's a very simple, nice girl who is not like the one stand in the front. But she did it because she got safe into an environment where she saw this life and because she saw it around her. What she saw, it became natural very fast without thinking. See, the day after she got saved, she was out telling other people about Jesus. She didn't know of the gift of evangelists and what people say in the church that it's only a few people who should do it. So so I think the church, the way we do church today, work not only to – it don't create disciples. It's, to be honest, it work against creating disciples. When you have been a Christian, like me, like 20 years now, come on, it should be 20 years stronger. You should walk 20 years closer with God. (laughs) It's easier to heal the sick. It's easier to cast out demons. It's easier to lead people to Christ. Why? Because you have been growing. But it had to do with the whole disciple thing, I think, because... For the first, Jesus never used the word Christian. It never came out of his mouth. He used the word disciples. And the reason they call him master is because he was the master and they were his disciples. A disciple today has become a religious word. But at that time, a disciple was like an apprenticeship. Where some years ago, I was starting to become a baker. I was working in a bakery and I was baking bread. The way I learned to become a baker was not sitting on a school bench and reading book about bakery. I learned by going to my master and saw how my master did it. And then he did not teach me how to do it, but he showed me how to do it. And he explained me how to do it. And when I make mistake, he said how I should do it from now on and help me that way. As a baker, it was easy for me to learn because I didn't experience that fear because I was never alone. But today we have a church that is very filled up with fear because you have never tried it, you have never done it, and you have heard everything you should do. But the step from listening and knowing we should do it to actually do it is so huge. It's so big. And many people cannot take that step alone. For example, I had a woman who contacted me a so, short time ago and said, I have a son. He have just met God. Can I baptize him? And I know the son. He's really on fire. And I said, yes, you can do it, but, but I never done it before. No, but you can do it, but I'm not a pastor. The Bible says we are called to do it. You can do it, but, but are you sure? Yes, you can do it, <laughs> but she didn't do it. Why? Uh-huh. Because that fear that that fear that that and that fear has. We don't get that fear out from the world. We get that fear from the church. As soon as we come into the church, and I, this is, again, the system. I can come with an example. I was in Poland having a meeting where there was a woman who fell down under the meeting and a demon manifested. And there was a young girl who had just uh, 10 minutes before at the same meeting got filled with the Holy Spirit. And she got saved the day before, and she have now just got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues. So I took that young girl, and I put her down beside the woman with the demon who was manifest. And I said to that young girl, now you just look, and this is a demon. Don't be afraid. You just speak to that thing inside of her and say that it had to come out and continue doing that, and then I will come back. And I went from there and started to pray for other people. Then I saw one of the elders in the church, he stood up, he went to that woman, girl, and said something, and she stood up and sat down again. So I went to the girl again and said, hey, what what happened? You are with me. Come here, come here. Just pray, pray for this demon. And the man, elder in the church, went up and did the same again. And I became really angry. So I said to that girl, please sit down again, just pray, just pray. And I went to the elder in the church and said, what are you doing? And he said, This is a demon. Yeah, I know it's a demon. But she's new. Yeah, I know she's new. But she don't have any experience. No, and what what then? She have the same Holy Spirit as us. And this is my meeting. And I was really tired <laughs> angry of that, really. And, and and she just she prayed and and there's power in the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit in her. But it's really a problem and, and try to rethink what he said. He said, she's not allowed to do it. Why? She don't have any experience. It's the same like, like some person want to baptize somebody, but have never baptized before. And we asked that person, have you experience in baptizing? No. Okay. Then you're not allowed to do it because you don't have experience. So go and it's no. Well, if, if you're not allowed to baptize because you don't have experience, my question is, how can you get experience? She was not allowed because she don't have experience, but in a church like this, she's never going to get experience.
0: Absolutely.
1: But if we start from day one off and let them pray, let them baptize, let them lead people to Christ, train, disciple them, then they will get much experience in very short time. In very short time, they will lead many people to Christ, like we saw today. Uh, I was not there today. The first day we were, we started training a few weeks ago here. I took some people. I led them to Christ. We baptized them with water and Holy Spirit. Everybody saw how they should do it. And then I said, now you are done. go out and do the same. And now they're starting to, to do the same and they can do it without me. I was not there when that guy today got, saw Jesus in the, in the water. But I don't need to be there. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus and the Holy Spirit in them. You are right.
0: That is very profound. It is not about us. They have the same Holy Spirit. And that is where there's a huge disconnect with people. People have a lot of fear, but they also lack knowledge. It's ignorance. The Word says people are destroyed through lack of knowledge. I always start my monthly newsletter, Torben, with the greeting, Hello, saints. And someone asked me, why do you call us saints? And I had to laugh. Now, you do a very powerful teaching on this. I think it's lesson nine, sinners versus saints. It's a very powerful teaching. And there is a widely held view that we're just wretched sinners saved by grace. Get into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, but, but it had to do, now I'm, I'm from Denmark and, and I'm from a uh, Ludon background. Background where we have a stage church in Denmark where every person almost in Denmark got uh, baptized as a baby uh, with sprinkling of water. And, but it's just a tradition. But if you look at the Catholic background and uh, we had the Catholic Church and after that we came Reformation and the Lutheran Church, there was many things Martin Luther, the reformer, didn't understand. He didn't understand the holiness. He didn't have the baptism water. He didn't have the baptism with the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the experience of being free from sin, of being holy. So because of that, he could not give that teaching because it was not his experience. And he didn't see what the Bible was saying. But today, 500 years after, we still build on those revelation he had at that time. But it was not fully revelation. And in many ways, so simple. Take the Bible, see the greetings in Ephesians, in, Ephesian, in Corinthians. He don't say to the sinners in Corinthian or to the sin- sinners in Ephesus. He always say to the holy people, to the saints yes. in Ephesus. And and it had to do with that experience that Jesus did not just come to cover our sin. He came to remove our sin. He came to create a new person. He came to remove our guilt, our shame, and do everything new, and and that revelation that is is just so powerful. Where from where where I grew up in the Danish church, that's just a mindset that oh I'm a sinner my whole life and I cannot do anything for and and it's free and but come on, Jesus came to create a new man. Uh, salvation is so much more than just asking Jesus into your heart; is to become a new person. And and this is the full gospel what we need. And and I have us just a story. I I love this story. Uh, so what happened in Denmark? Uh, four weeks ago, there was a married counselor in the end of Denmark, uh, in the south of Denmark. They contacted me and said Torben, we need your help. We have a couple here who's living in sin. He had been unfaithful to his wife now. A few times, and the last one and a half month, he had been living with another wife, another woman, and they have three kids under five years old. His wife wants to forgive him, but she cannot anymore with his unfaithfulness. And now she have signed under the divorce paper. That guy wants to go back to his wife, but he don't feel feel he can do it. He feel he's bound to that other woman he had been in bed with. And I asked him when I heard that, is he born again? And the answer was, yeah, he come in the church, but this is not what I asked. Is he born again? Yeah, he, he had been in church his whole life and, and he's grown up in the church. This is not what I asked. <laughs> uh, come with him. And, and, and they came with him and he's from a Lutheran background like many other. And. But but they didn't have the fullness of the gospel. He had been in church his whole life. He had been on Bible schools. He had been teaching uh, kids in school. But he didn't understand the gospel. And when I talked to him, he said, I feel I'm bound to that woman. Yeah, of course you do. The Bible says the one who does sin become a slave to sin. But why did Jesus came? Jesus came to set us free, to create a new man. So I took good time talking about repentance. Talking about baptism water, talking about baptism with the Holy Spirit. And it's really radical from a guy from a Lutheran background. But there he repented and the Holy Spirit came over him so strong. He fell down, lay with his arm out to the side like a cross. And he got a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross mm. and how it was his pain, his sin that caused Jesus on the cross Mm. and there he lay, cried he started to pray for his wife and suddenly he started to speak in tongues and he got baptized with the holy spirit i I took a picture of him laying on the floor and i sent it to the marriage counselor and say hello now simon is laying on the floor got set free filled with the holy spirit and we're going to baptize him in short time and I was sitting with him uh, one hour later and his wife came and he was sitting with butterfly in his stomach. He was so in love with his wife, so nervous to see her. And wow. she came, he ran out gave her big kiss and told her how much he loved her. And she looked at me like, what have you done with my husband? <laughs> The, then the day after, we took Simon out on the street, and they kick-started him to heal the sick and preach the gospel. And I sat down with their wife, did the same thing. Didn't care she came from a church, just went through the gospel with repentance, baptism, water, Holy Spirit. She got set free, she got filled with the Holy Spirit, she spoke in tongues, it's like, like Simon. And now she was sitting beside me with butterflies in her stomach and Simon was coming home and she ran out and kissed him and told her about that. And then we all together baptized his wife. They went home to their city. They have thrown out the divorce paper. They are totally in love. They are forgiven each other. The old thing is old thing. They are free from sin. They are not sinners anymore. They are saints. a new life has started and they are totally on fire. But do you know what the result was? The married counselor who led them to us got thrown out of his church. Why? Because they were baptized as infants in the Lutheran church and now they got baptized and they were thrown out of the church. Here we have our married counselor and, and Simon, my friend who got baptized, he said to one of the leaders in the church, can I ask you something? Yeah. Was I living in sin? Yeah. Were we going to get divorced? Yeah. But was it when I came to Torben was it there we got set free and, and are together now? Yeah. Why do you then have problem with it? Uh, Because, because, because you baptized and you did it that way and it was not in the church and it was not through the system. And it was totally like the Pharisees. There yeah, was more interest yeah. in people, Jesus healing on a Sabbath that that person got healed.
0: Where did they think that John the Baptist baptized
1: Jesus? Yeah, Not in a church. Not insurance out there. So so I I see there is a, and this is what I like with the Pioneer School. It's not, it's just simple teaching, but we get hundreds, thousands of emails of people who have never healed the sick, who have never led anybody to Christ, who have never cast out demons, who have never done those things, and now they start to do it. And it's growing every day. And and it just showed that it had nothing to do with anointing and a special prayer because it's just simple teaching and just that people experience the permission that, that they are actually allowed to go out and do it. Where they have been waiting for a platform in the church and suddenly they have a platform in the world. They have a platform every day And And when people then start to step up and do it, they see amazing things. Amen. And, and I love it. I, I I really love it. I have, uh, yeah, I know of churches that have been started. i never met them, but people just see the teaching, start to gather people. And they, they, they write to me like, whoa, Tom, is working. actually <laughs> working. We just did what you say. And now people are free from demons and they're getting healed. And we've never tried that before.
0: Never tried it before. Well, it's amazing once you actually step out there and try it. You know, I get inundated a lot with requests for healing and deliverance and prayer. And I think, wait a minute, you guys want me to pray for somebody, but you have the Holy Spirit. You can do it yourself. You have the Holy Ghost. You're Holy Spirit filled. It's like they depend on someone else to do this. It's like, oh, I'm going to get that person to pray because they think a person has extra abilities, it's like we missed it somewhere. This is biblical. This is very simple but profound teaching right from the Bible. But yet, as a body of Christ, how is it that it's right there? Again, I said the book of Acts is like a field manual for your Christian life. So how did we miss this, Torben?
1: One of the... the biggest response I get all the time to the Pioneer School and also to my book, The Last Reformation, is that, whoa, Tom, you just put words on what I already have in my heart. For some people, it's new, but for many people, they just have it inside their heart already because they read the Bible and and they had that longing. But I think we missed it because we were afraid. We are afraid to step out and do it. And I have been traveling as an evangelist, as a minister in Denmark before, some years before. I've been on Danish TV. I've been preaching the gospel. And, and I was doing the work of the kingdom like like normal people. But I didn't see the result. But I was doing what people expect from me. And I was also afraid to step out and do something different because I had so much to lose because it become like a... A job and you get money if you come and have a meeting and if, if you look at the past and if he 's like you you 're going to get money and you 're going to get a vibe right. back yeah. and, and, and sorry, but it 's like that we, we get dependent on on the system, and there is a code that you should not step out of that. you have to be in that box and, and then we went to that a period, and I lost everything. And now I didn't have anything to lose, so I think I thought like, okay, we have lost everything. Let's just start to do what we believe, what we see, and, and I was so surprised because it works, and and other people just dare to step up and do the same because there's other people doing it. So so I think it has to do with, of course, the time we are living in that. We're standing in front of the end days, and Jesus is not going to come back and and get a a hall. He's going to get a bride. He's going to get his church. And and we're standing in front of a judgment of the church. I think one of the things is, try to think Reformation. We have Martin Luther. Martin Luther, he was studying theology. and, and, And the center in the Reformation was the teaching and the pulpit. And this is the foundation we are building on. Everything today has to do with the pulpit, and every pastor is almost, a, he's, a, he's a teacher, he's teach, it's all about teaching, it's all about knowledge. And this is still the foundation we are building on, the teaching, the pulpit, the knowledge. And, and because this is those people who are teaching us in the church, the most simple thing of doing, acting, obeying, we don't see that. Because those people who are going ahead and teasing us, many of them is very smart when it comes to theology, but they're not so good when it comes to practically doing it. Yeah, we are a result of our past, and I believe we are standing in front of a reformation now that's going to go deeper, and it's going to split the church, to be honest. It's it's going to split the church because we are talking about new wine and old wineskins, and those two things cannot work together.
0: The mainstream church in the West, Torben, is in a cotton candy coma. It's all about motivational speaking and prosperity. And last year in the States, I went to a full one and a half hour service in a mega church, and just to test the waters to see, you know, what are they preaching in these things? Because I talk about this on air a lot, how the church is at sleep at the wheel, kind of in a stupor. And yet I went in there and Torben, there was not one Bible scripture. Sounded like I was at a Tony Robbins, you can change mm. your life and it was mm. nothing about jesus nothing about the holy spirit they never talked about baptism or the remission of your sin they don't want to talk mm. about they do not want to talk about repentance and repentance no. is really key isn't it when it comes to a new life
1: yeah nobody can see god without holiness so some of the things that have shocked me the last year is we've seen many people get born again and and many of those people come into church we have seen people sit in church 25 years, but they are not born again. And and it's like we don't talk about sin, we don't talk about the fear of God, we don't talk about holiness. We don't. Yeah, as you said, we we talk a sermon that people like to hear, and uh, but it don't create disciples. And, and what we have to think of is that what is the fruit of a church? Try to take out that mega church you saw. What is the good fruit? Jesus said we can know a tree by the fruit. Is a good fruit a big building? Jesus didn't have that. Is the good fruit a lot of people hired and a lot of money the way we have it today? No, Jesus didn't focus on that. Is the good fruit of a church a lot of activities? No. Is the good fruit at church how people live Sunday morning? No, because Sunday morning everybody take on the happy face, the nice clothes, and it's the big circus time. But what is the good fruit? Is disciples. Disciples who follow Jesus. Disciples who are ready to deny themselves, take up the cross, follow Jesus, pay the price. And it's so dangerous if we think of it because... In Mark chapter 4, and, and I love this, this is one of my last uh, lessons on the Pioneer School, we read about the uh, the sower, the man who saw the seed, and there's four different grounds. But there's only one of those four grounds who really bear fruit, and they bear a lot of fruit. Ground number two is the one who hear the word and receives the word with gladness. There's no sorrow in heart, there's no repentance, they receive it with gladness. And it looked nice, but as soon as the sun is on heaven and shining, as soon as persecution is coming, those people are falling away. Why? Because it never went deep in their heart. And this is the problem with the mega churches today. It's big. It looked nice, but that day when persecution is going to hit America,
0: yes.
1: hit <laughs> the mega churches, those mega churches is not existing anymore. They are not there. Why? Because the ground had not been the good soil. It had been people who received the word with gladness, joined their heart, but they'll never be able to pay the price. And you don't see that now because there's no persecution. But try to take that message you heard that day and go back to China and preach the same message. Hey, God is going to fix your life. It's going to be your best life now. He's going to help you with your finances and everything's going to be you're so good. It don't make sense because what do you mean everything's going to be good? My brother, God, became a disciple. He's in jail. My uncle, he lost his life. My other cousin, his house got burned down. What do you mean with my best life now? And, and this is the problem. <laughs> oh I
0: wonder if Torben, if the the New Testament Church, a lot of them were beaten and beheaded and starving, and they didn't yeah. have stately buildings. They didn't get on TV and beg, but they turned the world upside down. I wonder if they had. I wonder if every day was a Friday to them. That's Joel Osteen's new book. Yeah. Every day is a Friday. Torben, isn't that oh. special?
1: Oh yeah, it's, it's it's so crazy when you see it from outside. But I've been one. Of, I've been part of that some years ago in many ways and. And now when God took us out, it's like getting born again one more time and like, whoa, what is going on? We have 16 people now. We have started Luke 10 training school and those people have left everything. They have left, actually they have left everything, giving up everything. Many of them is, they are ready to not get married. They are ready to not get a house. They are ready to just go out in the kingdom of God and serve forever.
0: Uh one of the things you said in your series is you you lost everything in order to find yeah. Jesus. I've been there too. I've lost job, lost comes I lost my house, my car, and my friends. I got kicked out of every church for calling people out on the prosperity gospel. You really almost need to lose everything in order to gain everything. You need to lose yeah. everything sometimes.
1: Yeah. yeah. If you take the parable again with the man who sowed the seed in Mark chapter 4 the last thing we saw is the man who received the word, but because of deceitfulness of riches and, and longing for other things. Those things, the deceitfulness of riches and longing for other things and worthies, come and quench the word so it do not bear fruit. And this is the biggest problem I would say in the West, is this deceitfulness of riches. Yeah, there is a truth that God wants to bless, but it's not seeking the things is seeking the kingdom of God and the things would be added to you and then you have you don't love the things it's different and I believe some years ago I was that soil you read about because me and my wife we was like serving God but many of our friends at that time they they started to have a house and they started to have a big car and and we felt like, oh, we didn't have it and what was wrong with us. So we got a big house and we got a big car. But the problem was it, it was not ours, it was the bank. Yeah. But, also, but also suddenly we didn't have time. We didn't have time for the kingdom of God. We didn't have time to seek the kingdom of God and do his will first. Why? Because we needed to work a lot because I had to pay the uh, For the house, we need to fix the house, a new bathroom, a new kitchen. And 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 suddenly years was going with that house. We saw that we were not bearing fruit. We were that soil who didn't have time. We have chosen something else because (laughs) everybody had the same time. Everybody had 24 hours. So what we did, we did something totally radical because we cannot live this life anymore. We are dying. We are dying here. And I want to say what we did was we get rid of everything. We got rid of the house. We got rid of the car. We got rid of everything and moving from a big house. We moved to a small basement at one time and we were living in a small, small basement with three kids. It was hard because other Christian, other people was looking at us like, Tobin, what is wrong with you? Why do you live like you are doing? But the good thing was that we had something our friends didn't have. We had time to see God. And we have time to obey God. And out of there, we start to obey God. And we saw God blessing. And we start to be led by the Holy Spirit more. And now we don't live in the basement now. Now we live in a hotel. Because there was a 12 years ago, God spoke to me that a very famous businessman in our country should bless me. And when people hear that, they will be surprised. A half year ago, God spoke to me that we should move to another city. And there we met a guy who have got saved to us. And he's a famous football player, have been playing on the National League in Denmark. And he got saved to us one year ago. And he have now bought a big hotel where we are living. And now this weekend, we have 50 people sleeping here at our hotel. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and now we don't have a basement anymore, but we have room for 50 people. This is just something God has been adding. I I don't talk about money. I don't say, give me money. I have to, I want to have this hotel so I can see and reach people. No, it has just came. It just came. Why? Because if we do the will of God, if we give up everything, God is going to bless us.
0: Amen when you seek him first he is going to bless us. Speaking of blessing, this Pioneer School training is such a blessing. I'm very excited about it. I've received an overwhelming response from my listeners. Many of them have started going through the Pioneer School lessons are very excited. And I strongly have recommended that, you know, if you belong to a church, do a session per week with your church. Be Make it a part of your church body. Get a group together at your house if you don't belong to a church and work through them together. But don't miss any of the lessons. There are no shortcuts here or best few to watch. Yes, we live in a society where things are clamoring for our attention, but give this priority. Make the time. You have time to sit on Facebook and do other non-relevant things but don't skip don't take shortcuts make these sessions a priority make them equally important and you don't necessarily have to wait for Torben or Don or Sheila or anybody to come out you can get a few people and go out in your community and just get started
1: yeah don't focus on church just take some time and actually do it and and I'm going to make some more lessons later uh, where I'm going to give some more advice and some things. But people have asked, Torben, Torben, more lesson. We want more lesson." And my response is, have you done the first thing? Because we are so fast to hear something and then we want to hear more and hear more and hear more without doing the first thing we have heard. Right. So I, I've really been careful if in not making 100 lessons but really make it simple and short and say this is the first thing you need to do and start with this basis when we started with the pioneer school uh, a few years ago it, it was really a little hard in the beginning because many people just did it i would say that 30 percent of the people who listen to the lesson that they just go out and do it uh, immediately with a the kickstart. They don't need other people to help them, but there is still people who, who really need that uh, discipleship where they just have somebody they can go with. But right now we have so many contacts all over, all over the world almost because of the pioneer school where there's people who have done it, who have experienced the fruit of it, who's ready to kickstart. So, and help. So I would say. See it. Take the step when you hear about it. And if you need somebody to help you, we can find people in your area who also have gone through the Pioneer School who can say, "Okay, then come and walk with me and we will help you.
0: Yeah, well, when it comes to we will help you, it's a lot of work to connect people. I find like there's a lot of emailing. You know, I almost envision instead of people having to contact you or Don, say the Don is the ambassador for U.S. Canada. It almost be nice if there was some kind of a forum or some kind of an online tool where people could just go, you know, click on, say, their their country or their state. Their area and just click and get in touch with somebody from there and then get connected. It kind of takes busy people like you and me and Dawn out of the loop. And uh, I think that would be incredible as this grows to develop something online where, because we're getting inundated with emails about this, so it'd just be nice to have something a little easier, a little user friendly where they just click on their area. Takes a lot of extra work out of it. (laughs) You're only one person, so. It's very hard when you're getting inundated with hundreds and thousands of emails.
1: Yeah. On our website, we have something called Get Kickstarted by People Close to You. And here we have like Sweden, Germany, Holland. We have uh, Fair Island. We have uh, Singapore, Thailand, Australia, India, New Zealand, Canada, America, South Africa. We, We have a lot of nations already. But as this is growing, we want to do exactly what you say, because... There is uh, a lot of email work for many of us, as you know. Yes, because yes, are, yes, so, yes. so, so, so I'm really interested in what you're saying because we are, we, we need a program. We need something where it's much easier, where people don't have to write to us, but people can go in and directly find there is a person there. There's an email, a telephone number there yes. and so on. My, my idea was for example, that we, we have one contact person in every country. Who have a contact person in every city, and what we do like uh, Don, I have a contact with Don and Don have a contact with person in almost every state in in America, and so on, and I have the most places in Canada already also uh, because we have been in Vancouver, we have been in Toronto, we have been different places, but it's growing and and uh, and it's going to be so much easier in, in the future because uh, yeah, just one year ago when we did it. We as you said you feel so alone with it but now it's just <laughs> multiplying. multiply. I, I just give an example how more how fast this is growing. One year ago I had a guy from Sweden who came to Denmark. But but he came to Denmark and he got Kickstarter, he got trained and he learned to heal the sick and and he prayed for a woman in a wheelchair and he got healed and a lot of things happened. He went home to Sweden and he just started to train other people. Then one and a half year ago, like one year ago, I was in Sweden, and there we had a conference, and there was a guy who had just got trained out on the street in healing the sick, and, and somebody have taken him with him and asked him, hey, who was that trained you? And he said, this person. And I look, I don't know you. Who trained you? This person. Uh, I don't know you. Who trained you? <laughs> this person. Oh, I know him. So I can see in just one, one and a half year, we have five generation. I have trained somebody who have trained somebody who have trained somebody who have trained somebody. So we have yeah. five generations in one year. When it comes to salvation, I have seen three generations in one year where I've led somebody to Christ who have led somebody to Christ who have led somebody to Christ. And this is what we see now. We see a multiplication and a growth nobody can control. And I love it. I love nobody can control it, somebody just wrote for me today, a Danish woman who was on Philippines who went out there and Pima doing the pioneer school there. I, I had a guy from Denmark, he went to Brazil out in the jungle because he just wanted to experience something new. And when he came there, had you heard of the pioneer school? And Tobin Søndergaard from Denmark. And, and they, were, they were doing the pioneer school in the jungle and, and people was able to do it. We don't have any copyright and I just want to say that People don't need me. They don't need us. There is no copyright on this. It's God who is doing it. It's the Holy Spirit. So so I would say that for people, just go through it and start to talk with other people. And suddenly they will find people who around them who actually do the same, who, who want the same. And those contacts, when they meet together, something new is going to uh, raise up for that. And suddenly they have people who want the same, who have the same heart and they can work with.
0: For someone who wants to have a kickstart in their area on the weekend, a kickstart weekend, what can someone expect to have happen during that kickstart training?
1: What we normally do during our our training is we we start with with, uh, talking about discipleship and and we start with uh, healing the sick. Jesus sake and looting, heal the sick and preach the gospel. So we start the opposite. We start with healing the, start the same way with healing the sick. So we start with some simple teaching and then we practice, pray for each other and, and heal people. And then we go out on the street and, and find some sick people and learn how to heal. So, so we are used to stopping people and to approaching people and how to ask people and how to lay the hands on people, how to pray. And, and we do that the first day. And then the next day we build on what is the gospel. How do we then go in and preach the gospel so we get people to repent? And often when I share about that also, how to preach the gospel, many of the people who attend that, who think they are Christian, they figure out that they're not Christian. And many there are, some people want to get baptized because they're from a Catholic background. People want the Holy Spirit. So we take those people and also show how to do it. So we show this is how you baptize. This is how you baptize people with the Holy Spirit. This is how you do it. And then we head out on the street and do it again. Many people take the first step, take the second step, and learn to go the whole way during three days. And and then they go home, and we say, go home and do what you have learned. Like the man who saw the seed, some of them love the teaching, want it, but they go home and experience persecution from the church. No, you're not allowed to do it. Or they go home and don't have time for it because of the riches and this world. But there is also those people who just take it and go and run with it. And those people carry a lot of fruit. And and they're starting to disciple other people who go and do it, who again disciple other people and go and do it. So so I would say it's, it's simple discipleship, and in three days you can really learn a lot. We we have heard people say that hey, in three days I've learned more than I've done twenty years, wow. because because it's practical. It's teaching by taking people by the hands and say, come now, I will show you how you can do it, not show you how I do it but show you how you can do it. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really powerful.
0: Very powerful, indeed. Torben, in the waning moments, talk about the last Reformation movie. I think this is a very exciting project you're working on. It's coming out soon. Tell us about that movie and what we can expect.
1: We, um, we were in America uh, eight months ago. Me and my friend, I have a friend who had just got saved, who's a camera guy. And in the airplane, we experienced God spoke to us, make a movie, make like a, a professional movie. And we came to America, and we started to film, and we were shocked what we saw, and it, it just like everything came out to a new level in in the healing, in the especially baptizing water and Holy Spirit. And for some one time, I met a girl on the street in America, and I prayed for her, and she fall down on the stones. Right there in front of her kids was sitting eating her candy, but she fall down in front of our courthouse, and that woman was laying on the floor. There she got set free from a demon, she got healed in her bag, and she got baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues. And and we just saw amazing things. We were in Brisbane where we were filming and it was incredible. We we had baptism water. We were supposed to baptize eight people people got set free from demons in the water. And it was in the middle of Brisbane in Australia. So a big crowd came and saw it. Suddenly there were standing hundred, two hundred people watching. We were sharing the gospel between people got set free from demons and baptized by the Holy Spirit. So more people repented, more people repented wow. and got baptized. So instead of baptizing eight people, we baptized over 30 that day in Australia. Wow. And, and one of the things was amazing that... Uh, and, and people had to see that in a movie, otherwise they would not understand it. But there was a man who got set free from demon. It was really, really strong. And I was saying afterward, this is real. And if this is real, every word we read in the Bible is real from the beginning to the end. And I was saying that and shouting to the crowd. And I said, the next person was his wife, come down and get baptized. And she came down in the water. As soon as she came down in the water, people were shocked. And every people, look up, look up. And everything stopped and everybody looked up in the sky. This funny, The this interesting story was that woman, his wife who got baptized, the same day had been reading the Bible how when Jesus got baptized there was a sign in the heaven and his her daughter who was eleven years old had been praying Jesus prayed that today when we are going to get baptized that we will see a sign in heaven. As soon as she came down in the water, in the skies there was standing real. And and you have to see it, otherwise you will not believe it. But everybody <laughs> was looking up and it stood real in the sky. And some of the things we had on this movie, the interview, the testimonies, I have never seen, I've seen many of the Christian movies out there, but I've never seen anything like this. We have never seen a movie where people really get saved, baptized, water, Holy Spirit, and speaking tongues the way like here. We have never seen the testimony we have in this movie. And for me, it's a movie with a message. We really want to give a message. We, we don't compromise. We don't want people to love us. We just want to tell the truth. And it's going to be so professional. And we are standing now 500 years after Martin Luther and the Reformation, where Martin Luther, the 1570, the 31 of October, came with his 95 thesis on the Wittenberg Church in Germany. Now we are coming not with... 95 thesis but we are coming with a movie called The Last Reformation on the 500 year birthday of the Reformation. So in a few months, in three, four months, we are going to give up a movie the world have never seen before. I, and I don't say that to be proud. I've never, I've never seen any YouTube video with some of the things we are going to see here. And, and we are so excited. And everything we are doing right now is working to get this movie out. So. Be ready. In three months, four months, it's going to come out, the last Reformation, the beginning, and people are going to hear about that. So we are excited.
0: Yes, amen. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. I am so I'm incredibly excited about the training. I'm incredibly excited about this movement. I am excited about what God is doing through this. I can really see the hand of God on this. It's very powerful. And I just thank you so much for everything you're doing, your discipleship, your obedience to the call on your life and what you're doing through this. Very exciting. And again, I just cannot thank you enough for everything you've done here and thank you for coming on the program and God bless your ministry and I really encourage people to sow into this ministry this is a ministry worth sowing into Torben's information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com it is thelastreformation.com I really encourage people to be a part of this and it's just again it's so exciting and again thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for everything. And God bless. Thank you so much.
0: Folks, that was Torben Sondergaard from thelastreformation.com. Please do bookmark that site. Go to it. Get started. Very exciting stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast today, folks. Good night and God bless.